Hello. Sam. <laughs> hey, babe. Uh, how's it going? Hi. I'm good. I'm just going to check um, that I'm recording correctly. Okay. Hindenburg is recording you. Say something. I'm saying something. Okay, great. And then Audacity is recording me. I'm saying something. Yes. Okay, great. All right. Yep. I've got it. Um, sorry about last step. That's such a shame. It was a pretty good episode. We talked about so many things. That's okay. Yeah, that's Another true. one for the lost tapes. <laughs> I know. Pretty soon the lost tapes are going to be equal to and then eclipse the <laughs> published tapes. Actually, basically every conversation we've ever had could be included in the archive of lost tapes. That's true. All conversations are a missed opportunity to make a podcast. That's absolutely accurate also, you gotta be monetizing that shit <laughs> yeah and monetizing it the way we monetize this podcast also, well we're not monetizing this podcast but we are building a brand which is right. the first step to monetizing yes true you've got to build the brand and then you've got to make meaningful connections and have meaningful engagements with Ew. people on social media That's jesus christ I posted a tweet recently that was like, hey, the entire ecology of the world is collapsing and I'm a bit depressed about it. Any ideas? And someone I went to uni with who maybe even listens to this podcast, if they do, hi, Giles, I'm dragging you, said, um, <laughs> said uh, well, we'll just rebuild new civilizations in the shadows of this one. It's like. Dude, if someone says to you, my house is on fire, you don't say like, well, there's heaps of other houses or you don't say like, well, just move to a different house. That house is on fire. It's like, yes, possibly true, but also like just absolutely supremely unhelpful. But also that comment is not like his comment is not equivalent to just move to another house. His comment is like, but you can maybe build another house out of the burnt ashes of what's left of your old house i know just also like, just saying something like look at ancient civilizations lots of them are in places that are now deserts like rivers reroute blah 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 it's like sure but from the romans to now we have lived in an extremely stable climate yeah like in all ancient civilizations. And you know what? The migratory birds who aren't going to show up this summer have been flying those same routes since before the Romans. Mm. And, like, <laughs> if they've decided that they can't just build another house, I don't know what fucking hope we have. Anyway, <laughs> whatever. This is not a doom-scrolling podcast. We will not be talking about the ravages of climate catastrophe. No, please. Also, I I think the only way to deal with it is just to not think about it as much as possible and just do what you can within your very small sphere of influence to, like, you know, help, which is what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, it's just so tricky because Lucas and I were supposedly like doing up this house with the intention of living some kind of permaculture existence here until our end days. Yeah. But it turns out our end days are right now. So, <laughs> but also, um, I guess, like, we chose this place because it had a relatively good um, – you know, like forecast. But now that the forecast has changed, this place is going to be a desert in the next, like, 20 years. So mm. I think 
we have to leave here and go somewhere else. So you think you're going to move to Tassie? I think so, yeah. I think if we want to grow our own food and, like, have a little bit of land, it's going to be one of the only places that still has enough water Mm. for us to do that. I mean, rainfall here is going to be, like, half of what it is now in 15 years. I went on a Tinder date the other day, not a Tinder, whatever, an internet date the other day, and the guy had just moved to Adelaide um, from L.A., but he's Australian, but I asked him why he chose to live here and he was like, oh, I th- think it's going to be a good place to be in terms of like the climate ap- apocalypse. And I was like, oh, yeah, you don't think the fact that Adelaide is a desert is going to be an issue? <laughs> was he I mean, like Australia like, or yeah. was he like Adelaide? Adelaide specifically. That's absolutely insane. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's uh, wild. Yeah, it was very strange. But Listen, I was like, well, you know, whatever you think, you know. It's your one life. of the things which has convinced Lucas and I maybe to go to this valley in Tasmania is that we looked up the websites of like our six favorite climate scientists, and they've mm-hmm. all moved there in the last ten years. I only have six favorite climate scientists. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? All Lucas reads about is like climate catastrophe, climate change, bird migrations and soil. Oh, man, I couldn't. I just can't. Yeah, I mean, Lucas can really get deep into it in a way that I just can't. Like he wanted to keep talking to me about the reasons why this place isn't going to be sustainable, but maybe Tasmania is and like one of the arguments was something like there's going to be minimum 100 days a year over 30 degrees at our house in Glenrowan Mm. more in Melbourne Mm. Um, and that's just like way too many days over 30 degrees to grow Mm. fruit trees for example Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like okay you can't tell me any more facts I fully support you. I'm ready to move already. Mm-hmm. I'm completely with you 100%, but I cannot talk about this anymore. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, just uh, just a few more things. And then he would, like, talk to me about, I don't know, how the desalination plan isn't going to be able to make enough water faster, like whatever his thing is, or, like, how if we built a bore, maybe we could last 10 more years. And I was like, I cannot, I'm not <laughs> fucking with you. You cannot talk to me about this. Like I look out the window and see birds flying around that I know aren't going to be able to do that in 10 years. I cannot think about this anymore. Mm. And Lucas was like, yeah, but I'll tell you another interesting fact. Like the weather patterns aren't moving the way that you might think that they would necessarily like blah, blah, blah. Or like this place might be a bit chilly when we move there now, but you know, it's, it's not going to warm up as much as other places. Like, it's exponential, blah, blah, blah. And I was just, I just burst out crying and like got really angry at him. And he was like, oh, sorry, I thought we were just having a, um, like we were on the same page that we were just having a like informed conversation about it. But I just don't have whatever the fuck that thing is that he has. Yeah. Where he can just like kind of synthesize this information into himself mm. without it just fucking him up for life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. I can't. I'm so depressed since reading the IPCC report. Mm. Yeah, I won't be reading that. There's just nothing I can do. 
at all. So I'm just not going to think about it. Yeah, I guess you just solve it when you get there. Well, obviously the thing that you're going to do is just come and live with Lucas and I in Tasmania. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Practically, yes. But in the meantime, I'm just volunteering a lot and um, trying to, you know, do little things in my life that act as like little uh, mantras or (laughs) like little... um, Like, uh, what's it called when you do a fake little magic thing to make yourself feel better? Like little protection talismans and stuff like yep. recycling or, <laughs> yep. or um, volunteering Listen, with the Greens or I once whatever. sent a postcard to Post Secrets that was published in their book. I didn't get any money for mm. it. And so now I think Post Secrets mm. is um, a scam. But my <laughs> postcard said... I've only been pretending to care about recycling this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it's not so much about the actual recycling. It's more of just like a little, um, you know, daily practice that you do to make yourself feel better, you know? Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, the problem with that is, is like all of these things is that it's like very atomizing. Oh, yeah, Um, yeah. Which is just, like, awful. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I mean, you're right. There is no alternative. Like, you just can't live, you know. I mean, in some ways you just actually have to, like, split yourself in two and one part of you has to, like, live in the knowledge, like, that as you're sipping this cup of tea, looking out the window, quietly contemplating that the world is literally coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of you has to be like, oh, it's tax time. Better go <laughs> on to my gov and fill out. Do you know what I mean? Like you just have to live these two simultaneous things. Yeah. Have you absolutely. watched Bo Burnham's Inside? No. Oh, it's on Netflix. You really need to watch it, Sam. Okay, I will. It kind of fucked me up when I watched it because when I watched it I was in lockdown and mm. I watched it on the first day that it came out. And I didn't know what it was and there wasn't a huge support community online of, like, people who had been fucked up by Bo Burnham like there is now. (laughs) So I just kind of went into a blind, got really fucked up, cried for, like, two weeks straight and then kind of recovered. Yeah. But anyway, since then I I re-watched it recently and the main takeaway that I had from it wasn't, like, Black Lives Matter and imperialism and lockdown. Mm but was um, that this weird, the weird way you have to, like, live these two realities simultaneously, how, Mm. like, you're at, at, like, a nightclub and the MC's like, everybody, put your hands up. If the oceans are rising, (laughs) let's get down (laughs) or something or, like, um, you know, like getting a, a, a text message coupon alert that like in honour of, you know, like the fall of civilization, it's going to be half price off or like AliExpress, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like whatever, polyester dresses or something. Mm. <laughs> anyway, it was good. Okay, I'll watch it probably, maybe. Yeah, highly recommend. It's okay. not funny. Yeah, all right. If you are hoping that's for what that. comedy. That's I don't know. Comedy some is like bits, funny. some bits of it were funny. I mean, okay. some bits. I mean, it's way more likely that you'll be like, "Huh, clever." Right. All right. Actually, one of the things that I laugh at all the time is when I think about um, him, like he sings this song about sexting. Mm. 
<laughs> and he's like, I say this, you say this, I say this, you say this. You say laughing my ass off, but I, I seriously doubt that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's true, isn't it? Like the way that we weirdly emote online. Yeah. Strange. Mm. It's like um, when people started texting ILY for I love you mm. and it became really common for, like, Japanese teen boys to sign off their texts with ILY even though, like, they didn't really mean I love you to their bros. It was just, like, a thing um, that you wrote. Really interesting. Huh. Yeah, weird. Just meant, like, bye or, like, smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> um, one... Uh, practice that I've started doing that is not atomizing is I went to volunteer with the Greens yesterday. Oh, to go door knocking? I'm going to go door knocking eventually if it's allowed, but um, yesterday it was just helping make up kits for like when they have a stall at like a fete or a, you know, fair or whatever. Oh, that has like flyers and sunscreen and yeah, clipboards. first aid kits. Etc. Yeah, Pens. I had to. I my job was making badges. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah, it was with really the badge great. making machine. Yeah, with the badge making machine, I made badges and I laminated some things. It was pretty much a dream job. It was great. Yeah, that is great. I, I really, really love those kinds of small, mindless tasks. Yeah, and it was I've, nice. I don't know. I got into it. It was the first time I've ever done any volunteering with a political party ever. And it was really interesting. I think it's something that I will be able to get maybe too involved in, like really involved in, because it's like a big project with a lot of small moving parts and a lot of big moving parts, but like things as small as like making badges and then things as big as like managing thousands of volunteers. Like it's like one big project and all of these people working together, but also there's like gossip. There's so much gossip. All the other volunteers did the whole time I was there was talk about different candidates from different political oh, parties no. and gossip about them. I was like, this is like, this could be like my new TV show that I get to watch. You know what Okay, I mean? well, that sounds like an absolute nightmare, but I, can com- <laughs> I fully support you. As someone who feels like I got out of, um, you know, like Australian politics by the skin of my teeth, I <laughs> will not be following you into the mouth of hell, but I fully support <laughs> you in your descent. Thank you. You could do a lot worse, yeah. to be honest. I mean, I also volunteered with the um, Communist Party of Australia the other day handing out food and clothes to homeless people in the city. So, you know, I'm keeping my options open. Yeah, okay, good. But good I have one. a lot of fucking time on my hands, so I'm just doing it all, you know? Yeah, right. So you're not working at all at the moment, Sam? No, negative. Well, no, yeah, not for money. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing not not for money? Uh, I'm like, What are you doing for free? <laughs> uh, just stuff for myself. I'm just learning how to sew and I'm sewing lots of clothes and I'm crocheting lots of things. Oh, and... that's great, Sam. What are you going to do with all the clothes that you're sewing? Uh, well, at the moment I'm just learning what I really want to do with sewing is, um, just get really good at tailoring and then just tailor clothes for everybody that I know. Not very good business plan. I know, but I just, uh, I think that like I've never owned clothes that fit me properly. You know what I mean? So I'm Mm -hmm. quite tall and 
like outside of the average for uh, average yeah, people. aren't you? Yeah. Also, like my arms are too long, for example. As someone who is supposedly <clears throat> like pretty standard body shape and in the norm, I still can't find clothes that fit me. So it's really a universal issue. It's got nothing yeah. to do with the shape of your body. Absolutely. I mean, for a long time, I thought. <clears throat> for a really long time, I thought that um pants didn't fit me anymore I was like what the hell like why do they make pants like this there's no pants you can do up anymore why has this happened but it turns out I'd just gone up a size and I just like hadn't <laughs> computed just like couldn't just like kept getting the same size pants that I'd always gotten like I'm a size 10 I've always been a size 10 ever since I was 12 years old I've been a size 10 you're telling me I'm not a size 10 <laughs> anyway yeah I'm a size 12 I'm, uh, hi, my name's Ainsley. This is my first meeting. It's nice to meet you all. I, I am a size 12. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do with the – yeah, I'm just going to make um, clothes for people that fit them properly. That's what I would like to do with my life. Okay, great. Yeah. I've just been turning um, bed sheets into puffy-sleeved um, – very, very short dresses. Yeah, they're so cute. I've seen with, them. They're beautiful. With, with frilly collars. I've made um, so many. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm hoping to have like, I don't know, just 30 dresses listed and then when people ask me what I'm doing, I, I'm just going to say that I'm waiting for those dresses to sell and then just <laughs> hope that they never do so I never have to restock. Just like keep <laughs> refreshing those same listings. <laughs> it's not a great it's not a great business model either but it's like it's like the kind of job that you give yourself if you have extreme depression <laughs> which I guess yeah can I, I tell you about uh, a couple of little films that I think you should watch if you're feeling down might okay you up. okay um, nope don't want that but we'll I'll watch them anyway okay I'm in, I'm currently in the state of just wanting to wallow, but I'll watch ah. your little films anyway. <laughs> okay. I'm, I mean, it's if they warm my heart, like good on them. But I wouldn't I wouldn't put money on it if I were you. I don't think they'll warm your heart. They okay. are, <laughs> they are two heist movies. Okay, uh, I love heist one movies. Is the, one is a sequel of the other one, and okay. uh, it's called the first one is called Now You See Me. Have you heard of it? Um. Oh, I think Let I me have tell heard you about of it. it. <laughs> okay. It's, I watched it ages ago and I just remember thinking that it was really dumb and I quite liked it. And I watched it again the other day and I enjoyed it as much, if not more, the second time I watched it. Oh, it's, it's got quite an amazing magicians. cast, right? Yes. Yeah, it's got Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, some other people that I can't remember. It's oh, got um, Isla Fisher in it. Isla Fisher. It's got um, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and um, the guy who Michael plays Caine. um, the guy who plays the Hulk. What's his name? Oh, Mark something. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Mark anyway, something. Whatever. That and guy. Caine. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah, Michael Caine. The world. Anyway. I I hate Michael Caine, but anyway. <laughs> well, he's a bad Unpop- guy. So. Unpopular opinion. He's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about it's about stage magicians doing a heist and like saving the world. The stage magician characters in this TV show, I mean this movie, are like they present them as like the cool. They present stage magic as like the coolest thing you can possibly do 
and state Listen, magicians. As I the agree with that. People you can possibly <laughs> It's Listen, amazing. It's so I mean, actually, those stage magicians are um, just like massive nerds who love to yeah. spend time alone. Yeah, but not yeah. in this film. In this film, they are saving people's lives with close-up magic tricks. <laughs> oh, my God. I do love stage magic, though. Well, you're going to fucking love this movie. There you used to be. There used to be. And you love uh, stage magic. There used to be a magician um, who would go from table to table at the Sizzler in my hometown <laughs> <laughs> on, like, one night a week, and it was my absolute favourite thing in the universe. <laughs> and my and he would only do the same tricks obviously and like I was young and I remember thinking he was like an adult but he was probably like 20 and my mum would be like but you've seen all of these tricks before I'd be like this time I'm gonna get it this time I'm gonna crack it I'm gonna work out how he's doing it <laughs> god what a punishing child <laughs> you have to watch these movies they're so good I, I was so much. I was reading it's a real Cav- warm bath for the brain. Cavalier and Clay, the oh, Adventures yeah. of Cavalier and Clay. I had to stop because it was too, too sad. sad. I yeah. literally can't approach anything that would espouse any emotion in me. I had to skip one of the romance novels in my romance series because it was just <laughs> too sad. <laughs> Even though I knew everything was going to work out fine in the end, I just like I couldn't. I, I couldn't deal with how much it was making me cry. Anyway, Cavalier and Clay is a lot about um, escape artists. Mm-hmm. And, like, so there's this whole section about escape artists and, like, what um, like what, what are the motivations for people to be, like, a Houdini or, like, um, what is, like, transforming about your person or, like, what are you actually, like are you escaping from something or like to something? Like what is this sort of fascination? Because like I don't, I am not interested in the idea of like escaping out of a box that's underwater or something. But for some people that's like has this lure. Like do you, do you remember there's this guy, his name's like Constantino or something. <laughs> He's like no. an Australian big like big flashy pyrotechnics magician who like tours regional Australia and he was like handcuffed and like put in freezing water like on the on a current affair once you know like when I was in my teens Mm -hmm. and I just remember thinking like who like he has set up all of the conditions of his own entombment why would it be impressive that he can escape it would be much more impressive if he escaped from a situation that was invented by somebody else you know what I mean (laughs) like what is the appeal of this for him it does doesn't make sense to me Mm. yeah anyway but I mean all tricks are obviously tricks why do you like some tricks and not other tricks it's just Mm. a trick right yeah, it's interesting. I guess I feel like escaping from something is like different than I don't know. I was thinking about this trick where I I was on stage. I always get called up on stage. 
Const- <laughs> like whenever when Lucas and I go to a magic show, I am always asked to participate. And obviously the reason is because, like, I'm so excited and when yeah, the magic yeah. thing happens, I go like, oh, my God, shut up. No, how? <laughs> or, like, whatever. Like, I'm really – I emote a lot. And that's a really good distraction from whatever the person's trying to do, you know? Yeah. Like, me trying to take the trick really seriously and, like, being amazed is, like, the sleight of hand or whatever. Yeah. But but I, I did this one where I had to sign a card. Mm-hmm. And then I ripped it in half, I gave it to somebody else, that person walked to the other side of the stage, mm-hmm. I picked a separate card out of the pack, folded it in half, held it in my hands, and when I, like a few minutes later when I opened it up, it was my card that I'd signed. <laughs> Literally impossible. <laughs> Absolutely cannot be done. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Um. Have I made you watch this um, magic trick that I saw on Penn and Teller Fool Us one time that had a tiny plunger in it? No. What happened? Um, uh, I'm not going to tell you what happens. You just have to Google okay. it and watch it later. But okay. I was really hungover one day and I was watching Penn and Teller Fool Us and there was this guy. I, normally I don't really care about the tricks in Penn and Teller are kind of annoying, but – there was this one trick with the guy and tiny plunger and I it was so sweet and magical and nearly made me cry. Actually I'm okay. cried. <laughs> All right, I will watch it. One time we were at the house um watching YouTube videos on on the projector, I don't know, with my housemates. We had nothing to do. May have been during a lockdown. And um I uh, we I just play started playing them YouTube videos that have made me cry. <laughs> one of them was the Tiny Plunger one. Another one was the Cardi B music video. They were very confused. <laughs> one of my worst fears in the world that everyone will be putting in YouTube videos that they want to watch, and then it'll come to be your turn, and you'll put one in, and it'll start, and no one will say anything for ten seconds, and then mm-hmm. someone will say. Oh, yeah, I have seen this. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's agony. I hate thinking about it. It makes me so uncomfortable. All of my favourite YouTube videos are like the time that a nine-year-old Japanese boy played Crazy Train on Ellen and, <laughs> and then got to meet Ozzy Osbourne or like the time LL Cool J um, bicep curled every member of the view <laughs> all my favorite youtube videos do not translate to other people they're like very specific to my interests <laughs> yeah the the um the list of youtube videos that have made me cry just don't make any sense at all i don't think yeah i don't know for a while i thought that people would understand but it turns out no Dude, I cried yesterday in the supermarket just for no reason. I was like, detergent. (laughs) So, like, whatever, the list of things that can make you cry. I was thinking about how we might have to move to Tasmania and I suddenly had the thought, like, who cares? Coles is exactly the same no matter where you live. And then I was like, oh, God, (laughs) I can't go on like this. (laughs) So whatever. Yeah. God, depression's so dumb. Yeah. I haven't been depressed in ages. It's been great. 
Oh, that's awesome, Sam. What do you think your secret is? Just keeping busy. <clears throat> yeah, and having a cat helps a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've just got stupid birds. I mean, I think any pet would be good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Alfie. I love you. <laughs> so much. I know, yeah. She's so needy. I really yeah, so see myself common. in her. <laughs> like when she lashes out at people, like she's desperate for attention, then you pay her some attention and she bites you and you're like, why you do this? <laughs> You're just exactly like me. I just see myself in you so much. <laughs> you just don't know how to ask for the thing that you need. It's adorable. You can only push people away. You're so cute. <laughs> hey, she grew up you, in an unsupportive environment. Did you watch any – did you watch the first Purge? I mean not the first Purge, but did you watch the first movie – that they made the purge no i have not watched any purge movies yet we missed we um lost all that 20 minutes of me talking about the purge films in the you want to re you want to re-record your takes on the purge no okay I i was going to watch the purge but then instead i ended up watching the movie inside out oh no um which is really good My psychologist once asked me to watch the movie Inside Out um, and when I refused or when I was like, I don't need to watch a children's movie about feelings, like I'm a fucking adult, she was like, oh, classic, like, um, you know, like reticence to confront your issues. I was like, fuck you. (laughs) Like, this is not Freudian. I just, like, don't want to watch a, like, Disney film I find it patronizing and then I watched it and I was like oh my god and then the scene with bong bong which is like (laughs) when sadness just sits down to comfort him about his heart it just was like exactly like me (laughs) what a talk how embarrassing Uh, but you know this weird thing that I think about a lot is that like Pixar has just like has and like just films in general Imagine all, like, spiritual, social, internal, like, mechanisms of humanity as just an office. Like, as just uh, the only metaphor that they have is, like, a workplace Mm. where you go to spend time with all of those people that you don't like, some of whom have annoying personality. You know, like, Soul did that. Um Inside Out does that. Monsters, Inc. does that. They're just obsessed with the workplace. (laughs) And, like, you know. I mean, even Toy Story is kind of about a workplace. Totally. You take your little lunchbox. (laughs) Like, it's not. It's not like there's no, like, laughter or fear of monsters as a metaphor that isn't just, like, like, yeah, imbued (laughs) with, you know, utilitarian, uh, like, workerism. Yeah. Also, even I, I watched the movie Rest in Peace Department and it's like heaven is just a, like there's this, it's this mythic place, but then there's someone like going through an infinite filing cabinet. It's like, why? What? What the <laughs> fuck is that? What is this? Is he's like on a ladder, but the ladder is resting on nothingness. Why would you need a ladder if you can literally fly through nothingness? The Rest in Peace Department is the worst film I've ever seen. 
<laughs> I, I think when it came out, I heard that it was bad and so I just avoided it. Oh, my God, so bad. Mm. Mm. I did listen to a podcast about The Purge, though. Um, oh, yeah? The Flophouse podcast did a thing about The Purge. The new being one. A, being a bad movie. Yeah, well. No, the early one, the first oh, one. Well, they're wrong. It's a great film. <laughs> yeah, also, like, they obviously they have to pick the bad movies before they've watched them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're kind of putting the judgment before the horse <laughs> or whatever, you know? But sometimes they say that they like <clears throat> the movie. Oh, do you listen to the Flophouse podcast? I used to. I don't anymore. Yeah. Because Elliot got do. all lib-brained, so I stopped listening. I think he's always been pretty lib-brained. Yeah, but I just started noticing it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He's always like, oh, they. it's so weird. They killed the troops. And it's like, yeah, people fucking love watching the troops die, dude. Get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone hates the troops. <laughs> It's like when that boat got stuck in the Suez Canal and all those people, like there was lots of people who were legends about it and it created some of the best memes of all time and it also created a website where you could put that boat to scale anywhere in the world using satellite imagery, which is fucking genius. But it also created a lot of people who tweeted stuff like, I don't understand why people are celebrating the inconvenience of this. This is a terrible tragedy that has left like a lot of blah, blah, blah. And it's like, who the, what the fuck? Are you the representative for international trade? What the fuck do you care? You crazy idiot. Do you own a logistics company? Unless you're Lindsay fucking Fox, you should just be celebrating. What is the matter with you? Um, some people just care about efficiency, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I find it hard when I'm at, like, the supermarket or something and I see, like, one of the checkout people being slow and it makes me really crazy and then I think, like, well, they should be slow, obviously. What the fuck? Who cares? They should go as slow as they want. But in my head I'm like, this is not the most efficient way this could be done. <laughs> Yeah. There's two wolves that live inside of you. One is a fucking pedant and the other one is a slacker. Which one will win? <laughs> oh, man. It's really about finding a balance, I guess. Yeah, just let the wolves rage forever. <laughs> just let them fight it out in like deep in your heart. Yeah. Just be full of tumult constantly as the two <laughs> warring halves of you. Yeah, I'm so committed to dialectics that I feed both wolves and just let them fight over me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the only thing that I want to recap from the lost, most recent lost pod is that we need to inform the listeners that we're taking the pod in a new direction. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. The the Torn Bodice podcast. We're going bodice exclusive. Uh, bodice <laughs> Rippers. Yeah. God, what a genius name. Yeah, we're only going to be talking about romance novels. And Incorrect. we're only going to be talking about romance novels for Sam's parents. Yeah. Get excited about it, guys. <laughs> this podcast is now exclusively for Roz and Robert, my parents, Um it's a bespoke artisanal boutique podcast yeah. experience. And we're changing the name to R Squared. R Squared, <laughs> that's a good name. <laughs> 
Listen, the current okay. name of the podcast fucking sucks. It's impossible to find. <laughs> <laughs> There's about 50 podcasts with the word R meta squared, open brackets, bodice rippers, close brackets. <laughs> I like I, it. Have I ever told you about how whenever there's a song and it has a name, like um, that Enya song that, like, everyone calls Sail Away. Yeah. And it's and do you know what the actual name no, of it I is? No, I have no idea. What is it? It's called the Orinoco Slow. Oh, cool. Right? But that then like it's – I like it. It's like Orinoco Flow, open brackets, Sail Away, close brackets. It's like yeah. whenever a song – or like um, the story of the X. Do you know that song by mm-hmm. like? Um, I'm gonna um, story of the X. Yeah, you know it. It goes like. I know that song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in, in it's like story of the X. Open brackets. What you gonna do? Close brackets. Yeah. And I think songs that have that. Like people have called them the wrong name so many times <laughs> that they have to like put in brackets the fake name that other people have used to yeah. legally have to change the title of the song <laughs> to the thing that people have incorrectly been calling it. The yeah. author is oh. dead. Step aside, Enya. Orinoco <laughs> flow. What? Get your fucking hand off it. That song is called Sail Away. I wonder what. Like, at what point, like, what's the trigger that makes them do the brackets second title? Like, when do you know that that's the thing that you need to do? Is it, like, it can't be based on internet it's searches true, because I feel like it? they used to do that before the internet, maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. I think they, they're also on, like, some CD covers yeah. on the back when it has the track listing, it has the name and then the thing in brackets. I can't remember when we got the internet. Um was it in the 90s? I don't know. I can't remember my entire life. Yeah, I'm okay, so probably when you started high school was when you could go on to like GeoCity or like Meta Crawler yeah, or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And then by yeah, the I time can you remember were having finishing, internet in year 7, yeah. Yeah, and then by the time you finished high school, you probably had dial-up internet at home still, but you could get a smartphone that had some internet apps on it. Mm, then, I don't think you could I don't think no in I had a brick phone until I was like 20 I'm pretty sure yeah so when you f- were finishing high school though they were around yeah. internet mm, phones yeah, like when I finished high school you could get a phone with the internet on it but all you could do was like oh check but your not email like an iPhone yeah 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 no sure, 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 but sure. because yeah. the year I finished high school is the year that the first iPod came out yeah so that's how I remember that's how I demarcate things in my mind. But yeah, that was the iPod. I still had a fucking Discman had to carry around CDs with me. What a weird world. What a time to be alive. That's insane. Imagine trying to explain that to children in the future. I won't because it will be way too embarrassing. So we'll be like busy searching for food in like the giant landfill that has become Victoria. <laughs> my friend a friend of mine on Facebook just posted a photo of like a you know those fashion things like fashion on the street they'll take a photo of a person and be like what do you what music are you listening to right now where did you get that top whatever blah 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 
And um, the when they asked them what song they were listening to, they and why they said, oh, "I'm listening to Wave of Mutilation by the Pixies. I really like them because my grandparents used to listen to them all the time." Oh <laughs> my god! Uh, it's just weird to think of grandparents listening to the Pixies. I don't know. I know. I was looking at this meme today that was like a tiny person <clears throat> and then a huge wave in front of them. And on the wave was, like, all of the things that have been troubling you. It was, like, the fall of Kabul, like, the (laughs) IPCC report, Um, Mm. you know, like, all these terrible things. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, like, COVID, obviously. How could you forget the global (laughs) pandemic killing thousands of people every day? I believe that one's, like, fallen to below the fold. Um, And then the bottom one was, like, you're over 30. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like all the things I'm struggling to come to terms with. <laughs> Pretty good. Remember when there was that meme at the beginning of COVID? Actually, the beginning of COVID produced some of my favourite memes of all time. Um, and one of them was like a cow standing like up to its ankles in water and the thing said the cows are returning to the ocean. Nature is healing. <laughs> I still sometimes think of that meme and laugh. Or that one that I made, which was like a photo of some pools <laughs> square that was full of people and then a photo of it empty and just full of pigeons. And the, <laughs> the caption said, COVID is turning people into pigeons. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Sam, this conversation has really buoyed my spirits. I didn't think it was possible that I could stop being sad today. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should say, even though um, uh, if this podcast is for Ros and Robert, it doesn't mean other people aren't allowed to listen. You're still welcome to listen. Just know that it's, like, not for you. you Except know? for the Dutch. This is an anti-Dutch podcast. If you Except for Dutch, my dad. Please unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> We're still hardlining oh, our no Dutch Did not last. I know how.